When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. FM 104 Sunday Night Live with Cormac Moore. A part of the show I call My Worst Gig in which I ring up comedians. The next guy on the line is the name of Steve Bennett. He has been voted the Irish Comedian of the Year. Incredibly funny guy. He's gigged all over the place, all over the world at this stage as well. If you haven't heard of him, you were going to be hearing a lot more of him. But uh, he's going to chat to us now about some of the worst gigs he's ever done and I hope he's okay with that. But Steve, thanks very much for uh, coming on the show. I'm not too bad, Cormac. Thank you for having me. No worries. If you don't know what, what Stephen looks like, for want of a better word, you've got a great beard. Do you still have it? I sure do, yes. Amazing. How long did it take you to grow that, by the way? Oh, I mean, I haven't not had a beard since I was 20 years old. I thought you were going to say 14. I was like, that's impressive now, Stephen. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's the best part of a decade now, So, I, I, but I'm aware that saying that I've had a beard before beards were in is the most reflexively hipster thing to say in the world, so it kind of... <laughs> shoots myself in the foot there anyway. Yeah, you could be like uh, the type of hipster that would start a podcast but release it on vinyl. Yes, and um, there's no words on the podcast. It's just the sound <laughs> of me rubbing my facial follicles <laughs> against a very expensive microphone. It's strange you say that because have you heard of that? What's it? A-R-S-M or A-S-R-M? All those weird... Yeah, those weird videos on YouTube that just literally do that. They make weird noises into the microphone and people lose their mind. I would love it. I would love it so much for that to be my job. Someone told me about one where there's just this guy who pretends to be a goblin and he just whispers into the into the microphone like like uh, you know about how I how I went to this place and I I took this guy's bag of gold and I slept under a bridge and I'm a dirty little goblin. <laughs> <laughs> I'd love it. I'd love it so much. It's yeah. Like, Doing audio books, but making them up as you go along. Oh, that'd be great. If you, if you don't know what Steve and myself are talking about right now, basically, there is this weird phenomenon on YouTube where people are just put, like either breathing into a microphone or whispering into a microphone. And it's all, it apparently gives people shivers down their spine and stuff. It's, it's, it's a very weird subculture. What, what were the letters again? A-S... A- ASMR, I believe. or it stands for something. I cannot remember what it stands for, but if you're bored of a Sunday evening and you want to go down a very strange rabbit hole, go down the YouTube ASMR rabbit hole and uh, let me know There's how you get on. There's a creepy vibe to it, though, Cormac, isn't there? There's a creepy little twin to it. You know, like it's, it's like a massage parlour, do you know what I mean? An like- audio massage parlour where you don't know whether to ask, is the happy ending included? Exactly. Right. So, moving on from that, how long have you been doing stand-up comedy, Steve? Stand-up comedy, I've been doing it since I started college, so I've been in about maybe 10 years now. Have you? That long? Yeah, yeah, I have indeed, but I, I took a couple of breaks. Right. Um, I, I moved away, and, you know, well, like, when I started out, I was in Galway as well, so I, uh, there was only a gig kind of, you know, in university once every 
six weeks or, yeah. or two weeks or something. So, uh, and then I moved to France twice as well for college. Oh, very nice. Uh, yeah, but I've been I've been doing it professionally now for about three years. Happy days. Um, what was France like? Did you you didn't gig over there en français? <laughs> I did one gig over there in French. No and way. It, I did. I did a ten minute set in French supporting a French comedian uh, in Bordeaux, and it was uh, something. Do you know when you get off? Stage from a regular gig you mm. probably remember your first gig where you got off stage and went oh that was great like or that was terrible but I want to do it again you yeah. know like yeah, yeah, yeah. a kid who was scared of the slide who wants to go right back up there yeah. that was not the feeling I got from doing <laughs> comedy in French I did it and I went c'est fini and I fucked away uh, it was it was not not something I wanted to do again how many people were at that gig in France oh maybe 200 oh so a big gig yeah 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 or Le Big Gig, as they call it over there. <laughs> le Gig Grande. <laughs> <laughs> sure. I, uh, yeah, I did French in school, as you can tell. Um, <laughs> More like you did a bit of Spanish. <laughs> <laughs> we won't go into my educational failings just yet. That's a, a separate show altogether. But come here, so uh, how, how, just how bad was that gig then? Like, did you get any laughs? Uh, that gig, I did get laughs. That one was fine. I mean, that one wasn't the issue. The problem gig was the one that I did in English in France. Oh, okay. What happened there? Uh, I mean, I think that there probably was a certain amount of goodwill in the French-spoken gig. That one yeah. was where everyone expected, look at this little pasty-faced Irish boy. Yeah. He, you know, clearly he knows nothing of our culture. And that's what the set was about. The... English speaking gig was it was in it was in Bordeaux it was uh, St Patrick's Day and I had been in touch with the manager of a local Irish pub which was often where you'd go in in France when you're living over there because often it's the only place that's big enough to actually hold enough people yeah of your group if you have 10 or 12 people Irish pubs are the only place you can go you go in there you buy the worst Guinness you've ever seen in your entire life because not a sight <laughs> a sniff of an Irish person yeah, is actually yeah. there and I had been in touch with this guy I was asking him for gigs you know I said listen we can we can do you've got a room upstairs we can fit in 50 people we'll have a lovely one he said no I've got it you come in here on St. Patrick's Day and you warm up the crowd before the band goes on oh yes now, I don't know if he said it now obviously you know stand up before the dinner is a good way to do it but I did not realize somewhere in that conversation he must have telepathically said the word during dinner and that right. is normally the kiss of death for any gig. I walked into this room. There was a stage set up for a band where I could I could stand there and do my set to a bunch of people who were facing sideways. You know, like Great Hall in Harry Potter. Yeah, like, yeah, they yeah, were, yeah, yeah. Were facing sideways, facing each other, ready to order and eat their food. And uh, as the gig went along, I realised that about sixty percent of them didn't really speak English. Oh, lovely and uh, they were ordering and eating their dinner and complaining about their dinner and sending their dinner back and getting better dinner oh, uh, while no. just waiting for the music to begin. And you're um, standing on stage in front of this crowd of people. It was absolutely heartbreaking. <laughs> I, I, I was still doing musical, I was still doing it now, but I was doing some musical comedy at the time. I had a tune called Hitler of My Heart about an ex-girlfriend and uh, there was a woman who just waited till the end of the song and was shaking her head very slowly at me. Oh, and because no. she reminded me of my mother, I said to her, Madam, you didn't like that one, and she shook her head. And I said, was it Hitler? And she nodded, and I said, well, was it anything in particular about the song? She said, no. Was it just that I mentioned Hitler? And she went, yes. That was, it was an hour. It was, it was absolutely 
horrific. I was like a dog on a speedboat. I just had zero control over the room whatsoever. And I remember coming off stage and there was a man there waiting, like a, a man probably, you know, my age now. So, you know, like a, like five or six years older than me at the time. Yeah. And he, as I walked over, he just like, he just did this kind of like, like a, like a tap as I went past and just said to me, you are the worst comedian I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> like, that, that man, that man waited. That man got up from his seat and I don't know if he was on the way back from the bathroom. He thought maybe this is the last song. He waited and he, 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 he practiced that line in his head. So we got the wording perfect, so it could cut into my soul and twist. <laughs> he, he, uh, you know, he was probably in the bathroom rehearsing it and recording himself a few times, making sure he got it down and honed. Yeah, well, I mean, oh, I, and I, I, I walked home and I got a kebab, and I, ju- I just remember tears falling into the kebab and thinking, oh, no. I, I can't live in this country anymore. Like. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Steve, that is horrific. Now, if you're listening to Steve, don't worry. Steve is not the worst um, comedian. He is actually, in fact, he has won the Irish Comedian of the Year. He's a fantastic comedian. I only bring on comedians that I know, like, and trust and think are excellent. But we we always have to have a chat about the shittier ones. That's got to be up there with probably one of the worst ones then, is it? Yeah, that one's pretty bad. I mean, there's been other ones like, oh, I mean, I've I've, I've hosted a bunch of burlesque shows. uh, Like cabaret burlesque shows where, like, there was one in Mayo where they were offended by the nudity and confused by the comedy. <laughs> kind of angered, kind of angered by both. Yeah, and yeah. it was long pubs where you're up at one of those high stages at the end of a long room, like a, like a, like a bridge on a battleship. Yeah. <laughs> None of the crew want to listen to the captain. And, they were shouting stuff and they, they they didn't... But then at the end, they were all like, please come back to our town, we really need this. <laughs> Shut up, really? <laughs> Talking about tormenting you. I've done similar gigs. I've done one or two and I vowed to never really do them again. Um, you obviously know when you're starting out, you kind of, you'll take anything that's going, really. Absolutely. Um, because it's very tough to get stage time in Dublin at the moment because there's loads of comedians, loads of clubs and uh, it, it's just kind of hard. So the, I remember a guy that I knew through like a friend of a friend was organising music gigs in pubs around Blanchestown. So I, I, you're after like jogging my memory here because he organised one in a place called the Clonsilla Inn, I think. And then the one, there's a pub called the Greyhound in Blanchetown Village. Now, the Greyhound is uh, it's a pub where lads go um, and lads I don't want to say it's, it's, it's a bit rough but it's lads go there for pints and don't want any fun or entertainment. They go there to watch the match and have a pint and sit there in their Celtic jersey if you know what I mean. I hear you. Yeah, so, yeah. so they they were organising music. The same thing that you were saying there was a band on or there was a load of bands on and they were like will you come and MC it and I didn't really know what was going on. I thought it would be off in a side room, closed off from the main pub, but in fact they just cordoned off one of the seating areas that was slightly raised and the stage was set in front of the main bar. And I, I'm there kind of going, oh God, this is going to be horrific because literally the crowd were the old lads at the bar who were literally in there to watch the match and then they're like, okay, you're up. And I'm there going, uh, hey, 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 is lads. And my, God, that was a horrible gig. Never do comedy at a music gig, I think is the lesson we all learned. Yeah, oh god, it can be just so bad. Have you have you ever done any of those comedy showdowns? Uh, like the roast battles? No, where you get you get two minutes and then you get three minutes if you get through. It's head, head to head. Oh no, I haven't. I haven't done any of them. Oh man, my well, my other really really bad one was one of those. It was I, I didn't. It was two minutes. I didn't make it. I did. I think I did one forty. I, I walked out on on stage and I did my first gag about 
two minutes isn't a very long time. And I paused to say ladies. But but I, I paused for slightly too long because a, a woman in the front row with with no love in her heart at all just looked at me and went, TikTok. And <laughs> oh, like, looking back now, what a tremendous heckle. Yeah. It was, it was really, she just kneecapped me. Like, I, I, ju- I just kind of went, uh, and oh, then kind of tried vainly to con... That was that was another one where I think I can track back all of my horrific gigs where I cried afterwards. That one was pretty bad. <laughs> I'm going to have to charge you for therapy now, Steve. This is, this is you know, 120 quid an hour, please. Cheers in a kebab. <laughs> <laughs> that would be the name of a great show, Steve. <laughs> Steve Bennett, God, tears in a kebab. So that sounds pretty horrific. Those, the thing about it is, what can you really do in, in two minutes? You know uh, what I mean? Can, I, a few I, one-liners, I a few puns. You can, you can really, you can, you can come out, you can, you can give like a load of jokes and not waste any time at all. I, I'm a big fan of doing maybe not two minutes, but five minute gigs these days. You know, when you get to just run up and just pretend you're an open mic again and just run up and bang out a load of jokes. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. You know, not wasting any time asking people how their night is going when they've already been asked that 50 times already. You guys doing tonight? Any couples uh, in? Any couples in? Yeah. <laughs> Two minutes. Yeah, I suppose you can come out there, you can do three jokes and show that you're better than the other person. That's about all you can do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I suppose that's true. So, I mean, uh, right, they're the worst ones we've gotten over. They're, they sound pretty bad. I mean, I can just imagine you standing on stage with that two-minute woman giving you grief. But then to be in a foreign country as well and to oh, be away from home and to be trying to do that must have been difficult as well when people made a point of waiting afterwards. So we'll leave them in the past and hopefully the tears will stay in the uh, in, in your food from now on. Uh, what are some of the better gigs you've done? Because as I mentioned a couple of minutes ago, I mean, you've been doing it 10 years, Irish Comedian of the Year under your belt as well. Like, there's, there's, there's got to have been some good gigs along the way, man. <laughs> oh, I don't know. I don't know, Cormac. I don't know, man. <laughs> it's all downhill. Oh, God. There's been some amazing stuff. Like, I've done Edinburgh a bunch, and uh, I've got my little room over there where I, I love doing my show in that little room, and it's it's always been such a lovely experience in, in that one. Yeah. Uh, the best ones in there have always been where my, uh, my, my parents have arrived, and there was one where they arrived, and I didn't think they were going to make it, and I walked out onto the stage, and they were already they were already in the crowd waiting, and had already started chatting to uh, some of the people in in the in the the rows of seats already. I think a lot of gigs where my parents have arrived at them have been some of the best ones because I don't tend to hold back when they're there either. I kind of go, <laughs> well, you've arrived to see what I do for a living. I'm not going to hold back any of the dicks or farts or <laughs> curse words that are coming up yeah. in this. Um, some of those five-minute type of gigs as well, like competition type of gigs where you just get so nervous. I don't I don't know about you, but I always find that the gigs where I get the most nervous beforehand always turn out to be the best ones. Uh, yeah, I can understand that sometimes because the nerves make you sharpen, sharpen up a little bit and kind of focus down. Uh, we, when you say nervous, terrible, right, how, how do you feel idea. nervous? Sorry? How do you feel nervous? Like, do you get sweaty hands, shaky legs? How do you know when you're nervous? Sweaty, I get sweaty all over. It's oh, nice. more of an it's more of an irritation where I can't deal with any problem. If at that moment some walk, someone walked up to me and went, do you want vanilla or strawberry ice cream? I'd be like, no, you do it. Just I'll take out another mortgage on the house. You handle this. I, I, I can't. I can't. It's, it's terrible indecision. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. right before I go on stage, every time there's a little voice in my head that goes, but you don't have any jokes. Oh, God. Just leans in real close and whispers it to me. Oh, wow. Like the guys yeah. on YouTube. <laughs> I like 
some of the best gigs as well have been improv gigs too. You know, I, yeah. I do an improv show called This Is Your Trial where I'm a judge and uh, uh, the crowd put, put each other, they accuse each other of crimes and then we have lawyers as prosecution and defence as comedians. And uh, some of those ones have been amazing just because you never know what's going to come up, especially yeah. with the children's version of the show. Yeah, I didn't realise you did that. That sounds like a bit of crack. Yeah, they're wonderful. Yeah, especially the kids' one, because you never know what they're going to say. There's been days where I've just been broken in half by kids <laughs> saying so. <laughs> oh, God, I can imagine. Uh, come here, I know you were doing the uh, the Comedy Crunch this evening. Uh, what other gigs do you have coming up around Dublin? Coming up around Dublin for the next month or so, what are we looking at? I've got, I'm doing the Crunch again on February 12th. Lovely. I'm doing the, oh, I'm doing that trial show in Bray on February seventeenth. Is that with the, then, is that with the Bray Comedy Festival? Yes, indeed. Yeah. Lovely. And uh, then uh, March, I'm doing Unshut the Crunch in Cherry. All, all the regular ones around Dublin, really. Perfect. Uh, what are your social media handles again? I'd be on stevebennettcomedy.com. I'm Steve Bennett Comedy on Instagram and Facebook, and Bennett is Gas on Twitter. <laughs> Steve, I apologise for bringing back up the tears from France. I just want to get that out there. That's quite all right. You know, overall, <laughs> it, was, it was a fine experience. I think that night I made up my mind that I, w- I wanted to come home and that country was fine for a holiday, but I, was, I couldn't stay there for too long. <laughs> Before it completely <laughs> broke you. Uh, well, listen, my worst gig this evening now with Mr. Steve Bennett. Go follow him on social media if you haven't checked him out already. Hilarious guy, really, really funny. Um, an award-winning Irish comedian who you'll see and definitely hear more of in the future. Steve, thanks again. I'll chat you again soon. Thank you very much. Good luck. FM 104 Sunday Night Live with Cormac Moore. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ the official ETF of the NCAA. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc., Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.